Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. We're in a series studying the book of Ecclesiastes. I want to invite you to grab the Bible, turn to the Old Testament, and lean in as we discover what God's Word says about godly living in 2024. Well, hey, church. Hey. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you. Uh, my name is not Jeff. Uh, just in case you were wondering, uh, my name is Tommy Kreitz. I serve as the campus pastor of our Crystal Lake campus, but also on our preaching team. We get the great pleasure of bringing God's word to us. And um, you're going to need your Bible today. We're going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. This is actually our last message in our study of the book of Ecclesiastes. Next week, we're going to be jumping into the parables of the kingdom as we lead up into Easter. So you need your Bible, get your eyes on a Bible. If you don't have one, there's one uh, under the seat in front of you. We'd love for you to grab that. Open up to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We're actually gonna be going through the entirety of the chapter today. And as you're uh, turning to that, uh, has anyone ever seen this uh, acronym? That might not be clear, because that looks like a J, but that's a semicolon. Let's, you know what? Let's start over. <laughs> Better? <laughs> I can't write a semicolon. That's a semicolon. TLDR. Have you heard of that acronym before? Does anyone know what that means? No one? Too long, didn't read. Oh, yes. Too long, didn't read. And this uh, kind of, uh, ha- it has a couple of meanings. One of the things that it's used for is that when someone um, maybe is arguing with someone else and they uh, maybe text back just a giant text, like a book of an argument, uh, the, the quick-witted response back to them would be TLDR. Too long, didn't read. I'm not going to take the time to read that long argument. Are you kidding me? No way, right? But the meaning of that is, is, is morphed. It's, it's changed over time. It's been added to. And uh, what people would use this acronym for would be, hey, here's this really long article, but TLDR, if you don't have a lot of time, just read this part of it. And it's going to give you a bit of the facts, a little bit of a summary of what it's all about so that you can really get the gist of the article or the argument. And then later on, uh, it's, it's evolved even more to where now, uh, at the bottom of almost all articles, you'll, you'll see this, uh, or a lot of articles at least, They'll have their long format article, their body of work, and then at the end, it'll be TLDR. And what they'll give is a brief summary of what it is that they have discussed in the article and the conclusions that they came to. That's TLDR. And we're going to see an ancient version of that in our time today in God's word. We're going to see a little ancient TLDR in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Uh, the title of our time is, is The End of the Matter. The End of the Matter. We've gone through this study in Ecclesiastes for the past couple of months, in which we have met this person named the preacher, or Kohelet. And Kohelet really is a person who has attained all of the things that life has to offer. He's kind of at the pinnacle of life. He has all of the things, power, money, wealth, success, favor, is all that life has to offer. And he looks out across mankind, he uses this phrase, under the sun, he looks at life of mankind under the sun, and he comes to this conclusion that the pursuits of man, that life 
is full of, if you have the, the ESV, it says vanity. If you have the NIV, it says it's meaningless. But the word there is hevel. It's the Hebrew uh, word, and it literally means breath. It's used 38 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. It means breath. And it really is this idea of, of chasing after the wind. You can't really grab onto it. It's, it's unfulfilling. It's unsatisfying. It is fleeting. It's like vapor, smoke. It's there one moment and gone the next. It is unpredictable. It is, in some ways, meaningless. And he also uses the phrase under the sun about 27 times throughout the book. And what that's referring to is this life here and now. What is life like here on earth right now? Not really considering eternity. What is life like now? And as we read through the book of Ecclesiastes, as we've studied through it, maybe this question has kind of been mulling around in your head of like, what will, and for the people too. And really the question that Kohelet is, is answering is what meaning can we find in this life if this life is all there is? What meaning can we find in life if this life is all that there is? And there's plenty of people in our world who believe this, right? That this life is it. So I need to pursue power and wealth and favor and position to give my life meaning, to give my life satisfaction to be fulfilled. These are the things that I need to get and I chase and I chase and I chase. And Kohelet, as he looks over that, he says that it's all hevel, meaningless, vapor, chasing after the wind. So another question comes out of that. Well, what meaning can we find in this life if this life isn't all that there is? What meaning can we find in this life if this life isn't all that there is? If there is something beyond this life, if there is something after this life, what should we be going after? What should we be pursuing? What's not Hevel? To use the language of the scripture, what is the duty of mankind? Well, we're going to get that answer today in our time in God's word, but we're not going to start there. We're not going to start with the answer. We're going to work up to it. We're going to get there. First, we're going to start with some good things uh, that we should be doing. And here's the first thing. It's to remember God because life is fleeting. Remember God. Life is fleeting. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days. This is probably better Translated as sad days, it's not morally evil days. Before the sad days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. So right before this in chapter 11, Kohelet um, in, in verse 9, he says uh, to, the, to the young man, rejoice. Rejoice in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your Youth, walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for these things, God will bring you into judgment. So he says, rejoice in your youth, rejoice, have joy in your heart, but let your joy in your heart and your eyes be controlled by the knowledge of God's judgment. So rejoice, but remember also your creator. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth. To remember the creator is to, is to know 
God and thus to follow his paths of wisdom and therefore extend the joys of life. Because if we forget God, if we don't remember God, the sad, evil days will come. The hardship comes. The difficult providence comes. The years go by and rob your joy. It says the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. This is the loss of joy. The joy is darkened. And when the storm comes, there isn't the joy of the sunlight after the storm, only more clouds. And when we forget our creator, that that capacity for joy will be lost. So we remember our creator so that we can extend the joys of our life because life is fleeting. In fact, Kohelet is going to describe that right here. He's going to use some poetic language to uh, describe uh, the aging process. And maybe you've read through this before and you're like, really? That's what he's doing here? It is, yeah. So before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house tremble, this is uh, poetic language for our hands, the keepers of the house, things that put things where they need to be in our house, they, in our old age, as we age, they start to tremble. It says, and the strong men are Bent is referring to the prominent strong muscle groups, right? Back, legs, right? As we age, (laughs) they deteriorate. And the grinders cease because they are few. What do you think the grinders is referring to? Teeth. They cease because they are few. They stop working because they start to fall out, right? (laughs) Oh, old age. What a poetic way to say that. And those who look through the windows are dimmed. It's referring to the eyes dimming as we grow older. And the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low. And one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. That door on the street being shut. It's our ears ceasing to work, not being able to hear so well. My wife accuses me of this all the time. I always respond with, huh? She's like, you're getting older, right? The the sound of the grinding is low. The daughters of song are brought low. Uh, But it's this paradox that he's also uh, putting into play here is that, yes, while we're losing our hearing in our old age, one rises up at the sound of a bird when they chirp early in the morning. We hear that and we wake up at 4 a.m., right? They are afraid also of what is high and the terrors are in the way. This is a reminder of the frailty of our body as we remember that. Man, back when I was young, I could jump off of this stage. Wouldn't be no problem. If I did it now, I'd break every bone in my body, right? We're afraid of also what is high and the terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms. Anyone know what the flower of the almond tree, what color it is? It's white. It's referring to the hair. Turns white. The grasshopper drags itself along. What once used to be so light in this body, used to be able to jump and run and not feel my body at all. But now in these days, I am feeling the aches and the pains and the sore joints and the the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails, right? This is speaking of sexual desire, fails. Because man is going to his eternal home. 
The body is decaying. It is frail. The aging process is happening. And then the mourners go about the streets. And then we get some images of, of death before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. And dust returns to the earth as it was. This is a reference back to Genesis. If we came from dust, we will return as dust. And the spirit returns to God who gave it, who is in control of all life. All of these things described in the aging process are reminders for us that our body is going to its eternal home. I actually just got this uh, reminder in the past few years. I'm 35 now, so... I've just started my journey of the aging process, just at the, at the precipice. Some of you who are older are like, you have no idea what's in store. I, I don't. But I did, here's one thing that did happen that maybe you'll find funny, is that I was reaching for a shirt in my closet, and I threw out my back. <laughs> How did that happen? I have no idea. Or sometimes I'll, I'll be sitting for too long, and I'll try to get up, and my knees are like, no, no, you're staying right there. You're not getting up at all. <laughs> And every sore joint, every pain, every ache, every pulled muscle, the loss of eyesight, every graying hair that you see is a reminder that this life is fleeting, that your body is going to its eternal home, that your physical body is deteriorating. Life is fleeting. So there's really two implications here in the text for us. The first is the very literal, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember your creator in the days of your, earth, your youth. Know God at an early age. And I've given uh, over a decade of my life to pastoring students. And um, it was a joy to help them, young men and women, to know God and to follow in his ways according to his word. And I wanted to help them. I wanted to help them know who God was. So that one, they, they would have eternity with Christ forever, but also so that they would walk in paths of wisdom throughout the rest of their days. So that the joys of their life would be extended as the scripture tells us. I wanted them to know that. And I've come across many students who listened to that and did exactly that. But I've also come across a lot of young men and women who would say something to the effect of, I, I want to live my life the way that I want to live it. I don't want to remember my creator while I'm young. I want to go and live however I see fit to live. I want to be out of the rule of my parents and out of the rule of God over my life. And I want to decide and I want to go after these things. And then after I'm done living my life, then I'll come and I'll remember God. I've heard that more times than I could possibly count. Two problems with that line of thinking. Maybe you're in here right now and you're young and you've thought that or you believe that right now. I'll just, I'll remember God later. Two problems is uh, you're not promised tomorrow. A man does not know the number of his days. You're not promised tomorrow, next week, the next month. Tragedy could befall you in a moment. So remember your creator and your youth. As soon as you can. The, the other problem with that is that you're falling for the bait. You're taking the cheese in the trap. 
The world promises joy and happiness and, and pleasure from these things. And you might receive that for a moment, sure. But it is fleeting. It's hevel. It's a lie. You will not get what you think you will. And instead, you will get sorrow and grief and regret. There's so many people probably in this room who have come to Christ later on in life. I've talked to so many who have done exactly that, who have made a decision for Christ later on in their life. And the one thing that they always say, ah, I wish that I would have followed God sooner. I wish that I would have followed him when I was younger. I would have kept me away from all of the stupid decisions that I made. Falling into that temptation of sin, that regretful thing that I did, that thing that still to this day brings me sadness. I would have avoided that because I would have been walking in the ways of his wisdom. I wish they knew him sooner. So remember your creator, know God and follow him now. The other implication is I heard this quote, hopefully you'll resonate with it if you're a little older, is that you're still young. <laughs> you're not dead, you're still young, all right? And so I don't care how old you are, you're not dead. The aging process hasn't completely claimed you. You haven't gone to your eternal home yet. So remember your creator and walk in his way and extend the joys of life and have a hope for that eternal home with Christ forever. Do that today. Remember your creator. Life is fleeting. Here's the second thing is practice wisdom, wisdom because life is vanity. Practice wisdom because life is vanity. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. This, is, uh, you, this might look familiar. Uh, this is a bookend to chapter one, verse two, where the preacher says this exact thing. He starts the book of Ecclesiastes with this and he ends the book of Ecclesiastes with this. Hevel of hevels, says the preacher. All is hevel. All of it. All is hevel. So practice wisdom. Goes on and says, besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. Did you notice the narrator shift in that verse right there? Before it was the preacher saying these things, and now these things are being said of the preacher, someone talking about the preacher. This is a brief biography at the end of the book about, about the preacher. And we find out that he is, in fact, wise, if that wasn't apparent already to us. And we see that he taught people knowledge and weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. A weighing means uh, that he carefully evaluated the subject at hand. That he was cautious and balanced in his approach with what he was handling. He studied. He was thorough in looking into life under the sun. He looked at all of it. He was thorough. And he arranged many great proverbs, or many proverbs with great care. He was thoughtful of the orderliness of how this was presented so that we would hear the wisdom of it. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. Another look into the preacher's character. 
that he sought to find words of delight, uh, pleasant words, nice words, right? And he uprote, uprightly, he wrote the words of, of truth. And these speak to his balance in being pleasant and also upright. There's a quote, uh, to be upright without being pleasant is to be a fool. To be pleasant without being upright is to be a charlatan. So Kohelet wisely found the balance between those things and he balanced pleasantness and uprightness, speaking the truth. He goes on, the words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. Goad is a, would be a long pointy stick that um, shepherds would use to poke and prod their livestock to go in a specific certain direction, right? Whoa, 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 there's a cliff over there. Don't go there. Poke, 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 go this way. Poke, prod, poke, go that way, right? No, 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 there's a thorny bush over there. Poke, 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 go in the right path, go in the right direction, right? There's danger over there. Don't, don't go there. Poke, 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 go in the right direction. The, the words of wisdom are, are like goads, poking and prodding us to go in the right direction, to go in the right path. Parents, we do this with our kids all the time, right? When you're like walking through someplace and you're trying to help them know where they're supposed to be going, because I've known this, uh, maybe it's just my children, but maybe all children everywhere have a terrible sense of like personal bubbles with people and they'll run into people as they're walking and like they just have no concept of danger either. This is why we'll never go to the Grand Canyon anyway. Is that while you're walking with them, you're poking and prodding and moving and hey, nope, this way, nope, this way, nope, this way. Let's avoid that, avoid that. That's a pothole. Get away from that, right? We, 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 we try and goad them into the, right, into the right path. And wisdom from above, God's wisdom pokes and prods us in the ways of righteousness. Psalm 23 says he leads us on the paths of righteousness, Right? And those who practice wisdom, they are led into paths of righteousness because they listen to the wisdom. They're led into paths of righteousness. The nails, like nails firmly fixed, are the collected sayings. This means that they are sturdy, that they are not going to be moved. Unmoving truth, no matter the times or, or the seasons, its truth remains fixed. Like a nail, firmly fixed are the collected sayings. And they're given by one shepherd. Who's that one shepherd? God. This is a reference to God. He is the one shepherd who, go, who goads, who pokes and prods us on the paths of wisdom, who gives us these unmovable truths, no matter the times and seasons, his truth remains fixed. He then gives a warning, my son, beware of anything beyond these. Beware of anything outside the wisdom of God. Beware of anything outside the wisdom of God. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. There's so many books about every topic. But be careful. Be careful to go outside of the wisdom of God. Beware of anything beyond these wise things of the Lord. Practice wisdom. This is wisdom literature, after all. It's one of the books of wisdom in the Bible. We have Job, we have Psalms, we have Proverbs, we have Ecclesiastes, and we have the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. And the purpose of these books is to help us to live wisely. 
Life is full of hevel. So let's live wisely. We talked about that at length last week. So how do we practically practice wisdom? The wisdom that is from above, the, the, the type of wisdom that Kohelet is practicing. Well, first, I think we have to ask the question of where, where does it come from? Where does this wisdom come from? Does it come from a, from a book? Does it come from just other people? For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wisdom comes from the Lord, comes from his mouth. And what comes out of the mouth? His words. And we have right here his word, right? So wisdom comes from the Lord, comes from his word, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We can understand the Lord through his word. Okay, we have his word. So, so where do we begin with wisdom then? How does wisdom begin? Well, Proverbs 9 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Having a, a genuine reverence and respect for the Lord. It's, it's to know his absolute greatness and power and justice. That's the fear of the Lord. It's not an, ah, I'm afraid. It's a reverent awe, respect, knowing his greatness and power and justice. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And how do we get this wisdom when we fear the Lord? Well, James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you lack wisdom, ask God to give you wisdom. Pray. Lord, I really need, this situation has come up and I don't know how to handle it. I've got this worldly wisdom that maybe tells me to do it this way and a couple of friends have told me this way, but God, in your wisdom, what should I do? How do I act wisely here? How do I live wisely in this moment? If you lack wisdom, ask God. Every time that you open the scriptures, to read his word, to understand more about him and his ways and his paths and his wisdom, you should pray. God, would you give me wisdom to understand your word? Would you give me wisdom to be able to not only know it in my mind, but then live it out through my life? If we lack wisdom, we can ask God who gives to us. And what is this wisdom like? Well, James 3.17 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That's what this wisdom is like. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, not harsh, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere. So then the question is, well, what are the benefits of this wisdom? What's the advantage of this type of wisdom, this wisdom from above? Back to Proverbs. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. 
Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Life is heaven. Let's pursue wisdom, amen? Here's the last thing is to fear God. Fear God, justice is coming. Fear God, justice is coming. Verse 13, the end of the matter. All has been heard. Here it is. At the end of the book, the end of the matter, there's nothing further coming in these writings from Kohelet the preacher. This is the end of the matter. All has been heard. All of the evidence is in. All of the searching, all of the looking at life under the sun, this is the conclusion of all of it. What should we do? We fear God and we keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. You're like, man, that seems simple. <laughs> all of that to say that, yeah. All of the evidence has come in. The end of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his Commandments, the TLDR, the summary, the conclusion of this body of work. Fear God. Have a reverent respect of God and his unchanging power and justice. Understand his greatness and understand my position in comparison to him. I'm small and he is great. And keep his commandments. Walk according to his word. Obey him. For this is the whole duty of man. The wisest thing that you can do with your life is to fear God and to keep his commandments. This life finds meaning with a life lived in dependence and obedience to God. And when we understand that we aren't living for the things of this world, that this world in fact is just full of hevel, but instead we are living for an eternity with God where we will finally experience true satisfaction and true fulfillment and true joy and purpose. All of the things that people look for in this world, all the things that people look for here in this world, in this life is not found in this life. It's found in the life to come. So when we live a life for God, we focus our eyes on the eternal perspective. When we fear God and we keep his commandments, we are living for eternity, focused on that eternal perspective. Amen? Amen. Amen. The uh, book ends with a little bit of a warning. Verse 14. It says, For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Uh, this is echoed in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5.10. This is Paul. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Who? All. Just some people? Everyone. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now this is a pretty uncomfortable verse in our day and age, right? Because we live in a society that is <laughs> quite literally allergic to accountability, right? Have you noticed that? Like, we're allergic to it. 
Like, oh, accountability? Oh, no thanks. It just it, it messes up my stomach. So I, just none of that, please. Or, you know, no, I'm not going to have any accountability today. I get a rash when I have it. I'm allergic, right? We see people all over the place trying to dodge accountability left and right and left and right. And they lie and they try to keep it secret. They try to hide it from their boss. They try to hide it from their spouse. They try to hide it from people. They don't want the accountability for their, well, specifically their bad actions, right? Plenty of people want accountability for their good deeds, right? I did that. Yeah, that was me. That was me. I did that. I noticed me. Amazing. But not for the bad ones. Not for the evil. No one wants accountability for that, right? We avoid it. We try to dodge it. We try to keep it secret. And you might get around it with your boss. You might be able to keep it secret from him or her. You might be able to keep it a secret from your spouse. You might be able to keep it a secret from your kids. You might get around it with other people in your life. But listen to me. Listen to God's word. You will never get around it with God. Everyone will come to the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for what they have done, whether good or evil. This is God's perfect justice, his perfect, holy justice. So what that means is that what we do in this life really matters. It really matters because it is going before a holy God who is going to judge our deeds, good and evil. One day God will clear the hevel and bring his justice on all that we have done. So fear the Lord and keep his commandments. A little theological reflection on uh, Christ real quick, because there's good news in this. The good news is that for the believer, the one who has put their faith and, tri- and trust in Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sin, for their salvation, when they stand before the judgment of God, they are forgiven. We have been given Christ's righteousness because of what he has done, not because of what we have done or our deeds, good or evil, but because of what Christ has done living the perfect life, dying the death that you and I deserve to die because of our sin against a holy God who died and was raised to life three days later and ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God. When we put our faith faith and trust in him, we are considered not guilty, free in Christ, forgiven in Christ. That's the good news for the Christian. Now, that should not throw us deeper into, well, I'll just live however I want because I'll be forgiven in the end, right? No, 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 no. No. It should push us deeper and deeper and deeper into fearing God and keeping his commandments out of our love and appreciation for all that Christ has done for us. The end of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commandments. For only in God do we find the ultimate meaning of this life. That everything you have been searching for is found in him. I want to end with a Charles Spurgeon quote because of course he put it great. He says, when thou really knowest God, thou shalt be thrice happy. 
if thou dost run toward him, falling down before him, worshiping him with bowed head yet glad heart, all the while fearing toward him and not away from him. Blessed is the man whose heart is filled with that holy fear, which inclines his steps in the way of God's commandments, inclines his heart to seek after God, and inclines his whole soul to enter into fellowship with God, that he may be acquainted with him and be at peace. Fear God and keep his commandments. It's the end of the matter. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your wisdom, for your word. We are so thankful that you have given your word to us. Lord, I pray, um, Lord, that we would do exactly as your word says, that we would fear you and follow your commandments, that we would obey you because we love you. In you, we find ultimate meaning in this life. Everything that we search for, everything that we have been trying to pursue in this world to satisfy us, to give us joy, to bring us fulfillment, everything is perfectly found in you. Would you help us to know more, to know that more and more and more that what we do in this life really does matter and that we cannot keep any secret from you, Lord. That all of our deeds, good and evil, will come before you. And we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, who rose again, defeating sin and death so that we can be reconciled to God. Lord, Lord let us not forget these truths, let us walk in wisdom. Let us remember you. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. For more information and how to get connected to one of our campuses, go to harvestbible.org. Tune in again next week for another edition of the Harvest Bible Chapel podcast.